Hey guys, and welcome back to Fortune Theory. So here we are again. I'm Oliver, and this is Patrick. If you How don't you know us, if you're new, um, so for this week we're going to be talking about Blade Runner 2049, popular Indeed. film that came out in 2017, the sequel to the original Blade Runner, um, with uh, Harrison Ford as Rick Deckard and um, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, and I, can't me- I can't remember. I can't remember his character name though. He's he's literally just Officer K, really, isn't he? Officer K, he? yeah. Was he in the first? one? He wasn't in the first no. one, was he? No, because it's it's based yeah. like wait the first one. was It's one of those in... like it's like one of those Independence Day sort of sequels where you've got like a recasting for a, not a, not a recasting well, but like um, a new just someone new as the lead. I forget when the first one was set. The, I felt like the first old one was generation, set, new generation. I think the, I think the first one was set in like 2018 or 2019. Uh and then obviously this new one is twenty forty nine. Yeah. I like well, I set twenty years after, I think. Yeah. So it might have been mm. twenty twenty nine. I can't remember exactly. Mm. Of course Harrison know. Ford made that work really well because he's aged, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. Uh but it was a annoyingly, it kind of bombed at the box office. Uh well, I remember seeing it in um the Odeon and it was probably like one of the longest films I'd ever seen at that point because back then it yeah. was like fil- you'd only see films for like two hours, two yeah. and a, two hours, two and a half hours at the very most, and it was a closer to uh, three hours. <laughs> a, f- a film that's almost, if not exactly, three hours, including the adverts and credits. Yeah, for someone like me, was and um, definitely for a film being not something I was hugely into. Is this finished yet? <laughs> sort of thing was what was yeah. during that final fight scene. I was like. This is not even the final fight scene. It's the penultimate fight scene, but it feels like the final fight scene. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they've still got loads of scenes. And it's like, oh, when I think they're on that train and he's fighting that woman, if I remember correctly. At the very end. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. of those scenes. And it was like, flip, was it flipping or something, the train? Uh, Well, and at the end, they're in like the, I don't know what they called. I know they call uh, them hoppers or something. Electric in, multiple unit. Um, yeah. In train technical terms for what that actually was, but for um, anyone who's interested. Because <laughs> basically all the cars, all of the... Like, it's all futuristic. Cars, it's like flying. Yeah. They all fly because it's in the future. But Yeah, they, I do um, like the whole neon, like, sort of, you know, mm-hmm. look on it, all the neon lights itself. and the music and whatnot. It's really futuristic. It's like Ghost in the Shell mixed with, like, you know... Um, Lucy mixed with like you know yeah. <laughs> those weird like Scarlett Johansson all those weird Scarlett Johansson <laughs> independent films and now now he's even all that shit like merged to, together but obviously like still continuing off the trend of like the original Blade Runner as well yeah but this film um, is it was obviously more of a film for P- any original Blade Runner fans and a lot of fans of that sort of indie niche cinema which is again your typical like away from the typical style of mainstream hollywood although it had mainly although it had a mainstream budget it was designed for the audiences to appreciate the basically the director denis villeneuve and roger deakins the cinematographer they're like very artistic storytellers one being what one being the director one being the cinematographer but they have a very unique style and unique look on like storytelling. For me, if, if if they're making a film together, it's a very specific type. It's like very, you know, it's kind of like you can know it's going to be good if it's them type of thing. But uh, it annoyingly uh, I didn't get it like just about reached its budget at the box office, I think, because it's just purely again, it had a very uh, niche fan base because obviously like half the i think like probably half the audience 
uh, half the fans of original Blade Runner still like it. And then you've got this like new niche market of people like like me that loved it and you know watched it a thousand times over. And I've seen it a bunch. And again, like I said, it's got like that neon aesthetic. It brings on that new style of of just genre and like neo noir almost. But and the ambiguity of it as well, because one of the craziest things is how uh, something that's not done much. Right, it's done a bit more now, but it's it's done a lot more in like niche indie, uh, indie films. I say when I say India, it is still like blockbusters, but it's ones that you know they aren't your Fast and Furious is all your Marvels or it's not it's not the big leagues. It's an independent blockbuster, kind yeah, of really, yeah, basically. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's followed this style with especially like with protagonist as Ryan Gosling, but uh, to spoil it, he basically has no name. You don't. He never really gets identified as a as an individual because he isn't really an individual, and that's like one of the greatest parts about the film. Although, yes, he is Officer KD six three dot seven. Don't ask me why I still remember. It's just a, <laughs> like his name in like the police department, like as a detective. The ambiguity and mystery in his identity is sort of what it's the Chekhov's gun of the entire story, basically, and it's what keeps pushing the story forward because the entire story is based on like him like trying to find out the piece of the puzzle and going literally from the opening scene all the way until the last scene you, you know wallace played by um jared leto's character right long yeah. dark hair yeah in wallace got he um you know as soon as it cuts from him finally meeting deckard's character harrison ford's um character it cuts to like ryan gosling uh like k played by ryan gosling on that like promenade like, ba- like Bal- balcony in like, yeah. the middle of the night in the well, i remember city. that scene because that was like one of the best shots the of, the, of the sort of like yeah. the blue and the purple like you know yeah. neon look whatever you want to call it and that moment, like and it was just him looking out and you could hear events. that weird you could hear that kind of like almost midnight <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lip, yeah. like music <laughs> in the background <laughs> yeah and um yeah and then the woman comes out doesn't she yeah because um, it's He's walking along this like the city's promenade, basically mm. in like the skyscape, like the promenades along the sky. I don't know what you'd call them, but they're like. <laughs> Looking figures, Owen Wilson saying, "I'm not taking you for a stroll along the promenade." <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah, because uh, that's like one of the main poster shots and like promotional yeah. material is literally he. Um, at this point, K is just like I don't know if you move your head or not, but it's actually in shot there. Might yeah, be. yeah, if you can see like minimalist you know, poster, the, yeah, yeah, just as an example, yeah. <laughs> Um, K is like at this point almost like done with it, but he's it's it's a, it's more de- intricate and detailed than just being like over it and like ready for like the end because he's met all the other replicants that believe that like to like to die is the most human thing they can do or to fight for the right cause is the most human thing we can do all that all those like good quotes from it, but then he thought he was like the biggest piece of the puzzle, but he realizes. He is just another piece of the puzzle and not like the main piece. So he is now just like lost and he's trying to almost figure himself out, I think, at this point, at least from what I took from it. And uh, again, leave your comments below, like what you think of the film. And uh, at that point, like it's like the drum beats as well as he like he talks to because at this point in the story, I'm not going to do a revenant, by the way, and talk for five minutes yeah, about this story. <laughs> there was something I also wanted to say quickly. I, yeah. I don't know if you've probably forgotten it by now from what he's been saying uh, when he was babbling, but you mentioned um, Chekhov's gun. 
earlier on. Now, for those who don't know, that's basically like a sort of foreshadowing technique where you've got an item um, or a character of interest, um, but it's usually an item really. Like um, I think one of the best examples, and we learned this in our media studies, was um, the shotgun in uh, Shaun of the Dead in the pub. Um, it's there and it's like, oh, it's not been used for years. It's, you know, it's like, no, it's not armed or it's not like got bullets in or anything like that. And like they keep, they make a reference to it and then like it becomes relevant later on in the story when they actually do go back to it. They're like, oh yeah, that's there. And then they take it and then they shoot the zombies basically. So mm. yeah, that's basically what Chekhov's gone is like. It's, it's a way a, of motivating and bringing the, it's a way of continuing the story. Basically. With exposition like, of product placement and yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah. with exposition of items um, and it makes them relevant later on but yeah just a and, fun um, fact for you he sees this massive neon banner of advertising joe which is like basically blade runner's virtual assistant but it's like meant to be like a like a relationship almost which is what k has with uh his um his uh what oh my god this is terrible i've already forgotten her name um joy sorry yeah and he uh he's talking to well joy the advertisement is joy is there and it's just like you look like a good joe which is referencing what beforehand towards like coming towards the middle of the film Kay wasn't sure of like what's happening and what's going on and so his version of joy at the time was like you're you know joe it's you you know it's you joe but then at that point it comes near the end and the advertisement's going you look like a good joe and then it's drum kicks in <laughs> and then we cut back to like Deckard being taken to um to like this place I guess a type of prison or encampment or whatever it would be and then like that final like the like the fight that takes place right by the seawall where they crash takes place and like the neon lit up is cinematography there is just so perfect but yeah that's the ambiguity of Kay's character throughout the story is it's what's so good about the film is that he's trying to figure himself out throughout the entire film and find out who he might be by puzzling, by putting the pieces of this puzzle together. Too many pieces. <laughs> and then he ends up realising that he's not as insignificant as he thought because he's still a piece of the puzzle, but he is um, a lot more insignificant than he thought he was near the very end. And it's one of the most amazing ways of, like... Having a character that is, in reality, in the story, he's so insignificant, really. He was just there as a detective to find out. But because he was uh, he was used as a cover-up so well with so many other replicants, he ended up being this perfect way to tell a story, a perfect way to lead on the, like, the hunt for the truth, basically. But you find out that actually he's very insignificant which is kind of a bit, a bit morbid a bit like down depressing really but just it's so like it's just a new way of like the protagonist not actually being such a leading and character although he's physically leading the story and pushing it forward he isn't actually that significant he's only there to do his job really and that's such a like captivating point at least for me i mean share your thoughts below and what you think of it uh it's do you want us to elaborate uh, anything <laughs> let us know yeah. as well um i don't want to elaborate too much i didn't want to do a revenant again on, my, on myself yeah. i ended up talking for like we'll do a video minutes. purposely for you to do that for a lot of films and that, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll call that the lullaby video because that yeah, would just be you just know get asleep people listen to, sleep to the people, spotify please. version yeah. of this 
Oracle Podcasts. We're available on all major platforms, yeah. mainly for streaming on YouTube. It's YouTube, but then if you want to listen to us, mainly Apple Podcasts or or Spotify. But yeah, uh, I don't watch these, by the way, so use it against me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know if you like the original. What you think about the two? Whether you think it should have done better or not at the box office? Uh, and yeah. Hope you enjoyed. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, and we'll see you guys next week. Uh, for I, well, we don't know yet. We don't. Know, we don't know yet. <laughs> but we, yeah, we're still um, figuring out the the <laughs> cogs of it all. But yeah, yeah, we'll catch you guys later. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh fuck! What's going on? Keep that in.